Good afternoon and welcome to the 330 Sports Show. My name is Justin Coffin. Today is Thursday, August 31st, 2023, the last day of the month. A uh, lot of football on the show today. Youngstown State, you can see I'm wearing the stuff here. Our friends at Youngstown Clothing Company, the hat included. Um, YSU kicks off tonight. Um, we're going to get into lots of YSU stuff. So we're going to talk uh, YSU, uh, Penguins, they play Valparaiso tonight. We'll talk about that. Ohio State uh, kicks off this weekend on Saturday in Indiana. The Cleveland Browns have uh, narrowed their roster to 53 and their practice squad. We'll take a look at that. And uh, I have some uh, advice, let's say, on uh, betting this weekend. You can fade me. You can take the advice, whatever. Uh, but I will give you some bets that I already placed uh, for this year. Or we can and pray Joe for your will, soul. And Joe will uh, call 1-800-NUMBERS in the background <laughs> while, I, uh, while I talk about them. So, But uh, actually, I had to. I use um, BetMGM. That's the app I use. for. Uh, and they, I went to look in because I had a, like a free bet on my account. And I went to place it. And it said, your account has been suspended. So I was like, what the heck? So I messaged them. And I was like, what's going on? And said, I have to provide like my license, like the front and the back. So I did that. So until they uh, fix that, I can uh, I can no longer bet. And it's, it's, I mean, come on, it's go time. So. Well, you were shaking. I figured you didn't eat yet today or something. But <laughs> my, now I know. Now it's I like It's like the coffee shakes yeah, or the right. betting shakes or. Hey, so a lot. I, I was telling you beforehand. I'm trying to think of like maybe like Thursday shows. We'll see how they go in the future. But Browns, Buckeyes, yes, uh, Bourbon, okay, betting, okay, beer and boobs. That's beer. all you really need. <laughs> well, you added those last two. I'm not a beer drinker. Well, they all start with B. Well, yeah. And Any, anything else? And you, and you could. <laughs> <laughs> anything else <laughs> and just anything that starts with b bring it on um, burgers yeah that's a good one yeah okay yeah all right <laughs> <laughs> so i'm gonna just sip my bourbon oh but on the way down here so youngstown city schools are on uh their uh, teacher strike going on right now yeah. so i was driving by um and you know, you, I'm a former teacher. You want to support uh, contract negotiations going on and stuff like that. But I was, you know, they're all out there picketing and, you know, people beat their horn and stuff like that. And, you know, you want to support teachers. Facts, you know, facts are facts. They don't make enough. You know, you know that. I know that. Um, but it is what it is. But hypothetically, if I were to say I'm against picketing, how would I show it? Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> You can't pick it a picket, no, right? If you're no. against it, or else so. you cause an inception whirlpool. Uh, exactly. So, little, uh, little interesting thought there. So, if I'm against picketing, how do I show it? I don't know. All right, let's go to Youngstown State. We're gonna <laughs> we do start jokes here. <laughs> we That's do. a warning. Yeah, that was a pretty bad one. That was a pretty bad one. Um, all right, I will start with Youngstown State uh, as they kick off the season tonight, right downtown here. Um, they are. Some places had them fifth in the Missouri Conference or Missouri Valley Conference. Some had them fourth preseason. Uh, so I just put the lower ranked and hopefully they can uh, overcome that. Last year, seven and four. Uh, Coach Doug Phillips entering his fourth season with the Penguins. 
11 and 17 overall had a really rough uh, spring year uh, back in 2020 that you almost want to throw that out for him, but um, they will uh, start tonight with Valparaiso and uh, I got the lines for you coming up here in a minute, but uh, YSU, you know, tonight should not be a major test for YSU. They should probably win this game handily. Uh, I'm going to give you my prediction here in a minute, but last year they were seven and four. This year, I expect them to be a little bit better than that. I'm thinking an eight and three season is, is kind of my prediction. As of now, they're in a very, very tough conference. Um, their season expected win total by, I believe it was um, an ESPN number, was 6.36 wins. So um, I don't believe they do over-unders for FCS. So that would tell me they would put that over-under at six and a half for the Penguins. I would take the over for that. Um, but we'll see. They have a 71% chance to make the playoffs based on these odds and a 2.2% chance of winning the title based uh, on the odds that I was given. So they open up against Valparaiso tonight. Next week, we all know the juggernaut, uh, the Buckeyes. They will travel down to Columbus. Um, if we throw that game out, though, and you take the all the other 10 games, um, I think this team is, has got a lot uh, a lot of success uh, headed its way if they play to their capabilities. Really good defensive uh, line. Uh, you got a returning quarterback that played really well in his last seven games last season. Uh, you got a coach with a lot more experience, uh, and you got a lot of talent around that roster. Now, you do have to replace the NCAA all-time leading rusher who just made the Denver Broncos, which is pretty awesome uh, with Jaleel McLaughlin. But uh, you got some wide receivers in there. Uh, you know, there, there's some really nice talent on this YSU Penguin team. So, Here's a look at their schedule and the odds to win based on, you know, whatever they come up with here. But uh, um, I think YSU is going to be uh, really competitive this year. Again, they're, they're, they might be in some games that might be like flip of a coin. When you look at uh, the Northern Iowa game at Northern Iowa, that's a tough place to play. The Dakota schools, they should be able to, uh, I, you know, I don't want to say any... Uh, win loss here, but South Dakota, they should be able to hang with. And if you look on that schedule, no North Dakota state on that schedule, they do play the defending champion, South Dakota state, which uh, is in week 11. And then uh, new to the conference this year, you got Murray state to, uh, to end the season there. So should be a very, very uh, competitive uh, team with the penguins and uh, any chance you get to get down uh, to Youngstown State to support uh, these student athletes. They've been working their butts off this summer. Uh, get down there and support YSU. So um, we talked with the Penguin Collective last week, and uh, we have some exciting news with them. We'll share that in the near future. Uh, but, you know, we're looking for really, really great things with YSU football this year. So, um, again, it's a Thursday night. If you don't have plans, get down there. Uh, you know, a lot of opportunities. A lot of times I know there's a lot of Buckeye fans here in Youngstown. There's a lot of Pitt fans, you know, some team up North fans, some other, some other fans uh, for other college football teams. This is a great opportunity where none of those teams are going to overlap with uh, tonight's game. So get down there and support the Penguins. 
and uh, hopefully uh, let's get off to a big win tonight for YSU. So uh, taking a look at uh, some of the all-conference preseason teams, um, on the first team, you got Jason Williams, um, and I'm going to I'm going to have to get these pronunciations right, but uh, Dylan Waduke, uh, Bryce Oliver, the wide receiver, uh, former Kentucky transfer on the second team. You got Chris Fitzgerald. You got Sam Merriman. And then honorable mention, you got uh, Quincy Lenton, Jake Ben, uh, Bennett, and Greg Benton. So uh, YSU has a plethora of talent there on um, their all, you know, all-conference team uh, in the preseason. So we'll see what they do there. Their captains heading into the season. Uh, number one, Quincy Lenton, uh, quarterback uh, from Mitch, uh, quarterback from Salem, Mitch Davidson. You got Bryce Oliver. And again, Dylan. Uh, once Dylan comes on the show here in a few weeks, I will have his name right because when he's pointing right there, it looks like he's like, you don't get my name right, I'm going to kick your ass. <laughs> so uh, uh, Dylan, we uh, are rooting for all of you guys tonight. Best of luck to the Penguins. So um, I will tell you at first look today, the the line um, was 28 and a half. YSU was favored by. And the total over under was 50 and a half. Here is my prediction tonight. I'm going Penguins 42, Valpo 10. So YSU covers that 28 and a half point spread. And uh, the over is going to hit in my opinion. So um, I have noticed a trend um, when a team is, when there is one team that is 28 and a half points or more uh, higher or higher, um, the over generally hits. Now you have to look at the opponents and, and whatnot, but if Valpo can do its part and score 10 points and YSU can put up those six touchdowns, I like the over and YSU to hit. So Joe, any thoughts on that uh, YSU 28 and a half point line tonight? No, I mean, I hate these early games. <laughs> I really do. I ask you the same thing every yeah. year. So just fast forwarding to week two, what value does a, does an offense and a, a, a team have at a 2%, like the Ohio State Buckeyes again? Yeah. What do they get out of that matchup? I, well, you're talking about YSU playing yeah. YSU um, or YSU going down to Ohio State. Well, one, that game will pay for a lot of money with the athletic department with all the other sports Well, I can see stuff. what YSU gets out of it, but Ohio State, what, what do they have? I mean, they have everything to lose. Well, you, you make it a, like, you get embarrassed if they, if you don't hold up, right? That's true. Yeah, that's true. Now, it's one of those things. It's, it's like a fine line because you want, um, and, you know, YSU, Ohio State, we're talking apples and oranges here right. in terms of recruiting, in terms of budget. Now, Ohio State is one of the best programs in all of college football, probably the number one if you look over the last 20 years, the probably the top program, not in terms of national titles, but in terms of consistency, winning, uh, stuff like that. They are perennial, perennially uh, a top five national team they're starting the season uh number three in the poll so YSU we all know their history of success in FBS or in FCS excuse me um you know through the 90s uh into the early 2000s now they haven't had that great run of late Bo Pelini had the one year where they got to the national title which was awesome um but it's it gives 
I will say a couple things here. It gives those players at Youngstown State an opportunity to play in one of the most prestigious stadiums against one of the most prestigious brands. Now, from the Ohio State perspective, you're still working things out with the quarterbacks, with uh, with like the offensive line. It gives you a chance to work on stuff. Now, I, I see your point of, yeah, it's a no-win situation in terms of like, you better win that game big or else, you know, you could get ridiculed well, even, for it. Even if you do, mm-hmm. what happens to the confidence of the, the team that you're playing against? Like when we, we have our family softball tournament, it's not <laughs> yeah, like the right. adults versus the kids. Right. And we win by 983 points, yeah. right? That would yeah. devastate that. Well, it I even be fun to watch either. Yeah. Well, it, I think it'll be fun in the sense of you get like a lot of local kids, especially playing against the mighty. It's a, it's a David versus Goliath type matchup. And it is what it is. You know, like there's FBS schools that play Alabama plays a, you know, but YSU is not a cupcake in the, in the FCS. They are, they are generally in the middle to upper of, of the, of their Missouri Valley conference. Whereas Ohio state is, far and away the best in the big 10 well, i will tell you i hate it i don't think i'll ever like it i think they should take these early matchups as maybe your easier games in yeah. the schedule to give the quarterback and the team sure to kind of work things out almost like a preseason right but don't go in there and blast somebody out by 70 points well and embarrass people who you know you might take a chunk out of their confidence yeah but those other guys on the other side there it's like it's one of those things they're these are college athletes they are a lot of times fighting for to get on the field. So if they get their shot, they're going to play. You know what I mean? It's like you might, Ohio State might have like their third, fourth, fifth, um, some of their fifth guys in there to play. And that might be their only opportunity to, to showcase their talent in certain situations. So um, I think that could be a whole show on like, <laughs> you know, good and bad. But um, we'll, we'll leave that one. Um, to another day. Well, well, we can maybe even follow up on that next week because, okay. but I, I think, you know, looking at it, YSU is way better than Valparaiso, whereas Ohio State is generally, I mean, and we're talking Ohio State is way better than most teams in the Big Ten, let alone FCS schools. However, you take those top of the line FCS schools, we're talking the, the Dakota team, South Dakota State, North Dakota State, um, and you put them you put them in the bottom of the Big Ten, the bottom of the, uh, you know, Pac-12, whatever. They're going to be really competitive, yeah. I think. So they might not, they might not win a ton of games, but they're going to be in a ton of these games. And a lot of a lot of years, those FCS teams knock off one of the big boys. Oh, there, there's or, always an upset. Exactly, and it's great to watch that. Oh yeah. One. Well, we go back to what is it, twenty? Eh, it was probably about 15, 16, 17 years ago on September 1st, which is tomorrow. And that's when that Appalachian state um, went into Michigan and beat them before they jumped up to FCS so or FBS. So you never know. That's why you play the games, but uh, generally trust Vegas. They, they generally, are you uh, watching for the upset though? What next week? Yeah, no, um, no, I, it's one of those things where I want to, do you ever see that sign where, uh, someone holds up and they're like, I both hope both teams just have fun. <laughs> it's like one of those where you want both, you know, I'm expecting Ohio state to win probably fairly handily comfortably, let's say. Um, and then, you know, 
Like you, you hope to avoid any injuries for both teams. You hope YSU gets something out of it, can build off that game. You hope Ohio State gets something out of it, builds off that game. Because Ohio State's building to that Notre Dame game week four. YSU's building to get into that um, their conference play and and hopefully make make a statement this year. That well, every hey, every back. Penguins player you have on the show. That's the only question I'm going to have for them. Is don't bullshit me. Tell me how you really feel about mm-hmm. getting matched up against a Division One school. Yeah. Well, going back, YSU is Division One. It's just oh. FCS. <laughs> okay. It's, a, it's right. not so, FBS. So. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I know but what you're saying. Ohio State. I know what you're saying. Yeah. But oh, but when you look, Georgia, because they're all going to say that it was just to be on that field was a thing. But when you're you're outmatched in every position. Yeah. It's just not a good. It's just not a good thing. But you play better competition. This this goes way back to when you're six, seven, eight. Now there's a there's a fine line between teams playing each other and one team getting no value out of it. Versus sometimes if you if you play up in competition, it's going to make you better because I, I you know. So that that's all I'll say for that counterpoint. Okay. So. Um, let's switch to that FBS and look at the top 40. Now we're not going to go through all these teams. I just want to go through the top 10 here, but Georgia, Michigan starts out at number two, Georgia, the two time defending national champions, Michigan back to back big, big 10 champions, Ohio state right there probably should have won the national title last year. LSU is up there. You got USC, Alabama, Florida state, Utah, uh, Texas and Clemson. Then behind them, you got Penn State right in there. Ohio State will take on Notre Dame soon. Uh, you got Wisconsin on the schedule. Uh, you got, you know, some other um, teams on there that you're going to match up against. So Poor Wisconsin, they just fell so far. Yeah, but Wisconsin, Wisconsin's going to be tough this year. Luke Fickle, your boy, is back. <laughs> um, he he is he is the head coach of Wisconsin. I'm. I, I'm a little nervous about that Ohio State Wisconsin game in uh, right around Halloween this time. year. That's so. one of my favorite matchups of the year. It is. It, it's a really. It's. It is a really cool. Except place for the and, last couple of years, has been kind of right. Right. So, let's talk about the Buckeyes a little bit, and and they have a starting quarterback uh, decision to make. Kyle McCord has been named the starter for the Indiana game. That does not mean he will be the starter the rest of the season. That does not mean he will play every down, every snap, whatever. Um, Devin Brown will play in this game. Do you notice anything interesting about uh, Devin Brown in that picture? What? Nothing? No, what? Look at the number he's wearing. Okay. Number 33. Is that interesting at all? I don't know. It's not kicking. What well, d- just thinking about a quarterback wearing number 33. Oh, oh my goodness. Is, you yeah. know, it's, it's just a strange. That is a, a nod to like, I believe his name was Sammy Baugh, who's a really, really good quarterback way, way back when. But he is wearing that number this year. So when he goes out on the field and wears number 33, it's going to look a little odd to see a quarterback, yeah. um, you know, behind there. But Kyle McCord right now has been named uh, the starting quarterback for the Buckeyes. Uh, he's entering his third season. Both of these guys were five-star quarterbacks, and uh, well, five-star quarterbacks uh, towards the end of their recruitment time. Uh, Kyle McCord, the high school teammate of Marvin Harrison Jr., uh, and he played. He has played so far in twelve games at Ohio State, 
going 41 of 58, 600 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. Did start one game, C.J. Stroud's first year that Stroud was injured. And then Devin Brown, he's entering his second season, so a redshirt freshman. Uh, again, a high four-star early uh, or low five-star, depending on how you uh, look at it. And uh, he was the third string behind Kyle McCourt and C.J. Stroud last year. But he is the more mobile of the two. Now, you look back at recent Ohio State quarterbacks. Last year, C.J. Stroud, first round, pick number two overall. Justin Fields, two years before that. Um, you know, first round, I think, 11th overall. Dwayne Haskins, three years before that. Uh, you had um, first round, I think he was like number 14 overall. And then Joe Burrow, even though he did not um, finish his career at Ohio State, played the first three years in Ohio at Ohio State uh, before transferring to LSU. And obviously we know his uh, long-term success. So I personally think that Devin Brown will end up being the long-term starter uh, at Ohio State for the rest of the season. Just my opinion. Uh, I could be very wrong on that, but Kyle McCord um, will take the first snap and we'll see what happens from there. But look, whoever is the quarterback, this is why I'm not super worried because look at who they are throwing to. Emeka Ibuka, who by all accounts will be the first, one of the first, um, well, might be the second receiver after his own teammate uh, coming off the board next year in the NFL draft. So Marvin Harrison Jr., arguably the best receiver in the country, I'm not, I don't even think it's arguable. I think he is last year, 77 catches, nearly 1300 yards, 14 touchdowns, 16 yards per catch. Wow. Uh, Emeka Abuka was the number one receiver in the same class, uh, recruiting when Mar Marvin Harrison came in last year, 74 catches, nearly 1200 yards, 10 touchdowns, and nearly 16 yards a catch. He is like the more fast explosive guy, whereas Marvin Harrison is just, you're more consistent, but he can do just about everything really, really well. And then you got Julian Fleming, who was the number one receiver in his recruiting class, but has just been injured year in, year out for the Buckeyes. But last year, still those numbers, pretty solid, 34 catches, 533 yards, six touchdowns, and nearly 16 yards a catch. That's from your number three receiver. Now, um, they have a true freshman that's coming in. His name is Carnell Tate. Uh, he has been getting a lot of love, and you're going to see him on the field a lot for the Buckeyes, I think, as that fourth receiver this year um, to maybe you know give one of these guys a break or to, you'll see him in the slot. He's, he's going to do some great things. But last year, now Stroud had big numbers, was a Heisman finalist, but between just those three guys, Abuka, Fleming, and Harrison, 185 catches, Nearly 3,000 yards, 30 touchdowns, and 16 yards a catch. That is just some amazing stuff right there. And any defensive backfield is going to be in for a long, long day against the, that trio. So just great stuff there. Um, Can you console me real quick? And yeah. we have a little psychology yeah. session yeah. here. So Marvin Harrison Jr., like it hurts my soul a little bit. You ever have like a bad beat and it's oh, yeah. with you? For oh, yeah. Years? Yeah, yeah. And this has nothing to do with junior. It has to do with senior. Okay. So the year that ETOPS came out, right? ETOPS are. Is are, that a card? Yeah. So okay. Football cards. Yeah. Yeah. That they wanted a digital version where mm -hmm. they print the card, they put it in a vault, and then you buy its digital version, but it, it corresponds to one that's sitting in a vault somewhere okay. in, in ETOPS headquarters or whatever. Okay. So that year I was buying all of the stars, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And I'm thinking, 
I mean, I had Edron James and what was that Panthers receiver that was, uh, Oh, Steve Smith. Yeah. 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 Okay. So I bought all of them. Yeah. Like I was buying 20 at a time. Okay. And Marvin Harrison, I bought 20 at $20 a card. And I thought this is a value we're going forward. This is going to be my moneymaker yeah. right now. You fast forward 20 years down the road, that Marvin, Marvin Harrison ETOPS is worth like $3. It was my biggest loser, and there's no reason why. No. So I'm kind of mad at I Marvin mean, Harrison. For well, he not, said he's a Hall of Famer. He did his part. What the heck? I know. Huh. I'm just, it, it, makes me, it makes me like hurt in my soul. So a, so a $400 investment turned into so, 60 bucks. Yeah. Huh. It hurts. Interesting, but like he Makes literally, but he had a better career than Steve Smith, right? And I had Steve Smith and Mark Brunell at the time, and, and both of them are yeah. worth more than Marvin Harrison. And that's, Marvin Harrison had a way better career, right? That's really strange. Understand. That is the commodities market with like overproduction. That's what they did. They printed too many freaking hmm. Marvin Harrisons, and they ruined or maybe my Peyton Manning on his team got a yes. lot more of the love, yeah, with that. But that's really interesting because like Marvin Harrison did his part, so. I don't know. But it still makes my heart hurt. Like yeah. I, I can't see Marvin Harrison Jr. without feeling that. Maybe Marvin Harrison's success will, Mar Jr. success will maybe trickle Catapult that? that? Yeah, maybe. Yes. Let's let's hope so. You got to tell me. It's only so. $400 and it's been 20 years. Get <laughs> yeah. over it. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's... <laughs> a couple good bottles of bourbon so we'll see but uh let's go let's go to the running back side last year ohio state's running back depth was depleted like completely depleted henderson had a broken foot halfway through the year was playing on it mayan williams was banged up the whole year dallin hayden only came in uh in in scrub time or in the maryland game really but they have two other running backs that are going to play but look at some of these numbers they were all over 500 yards mayan williams 14 touchdowns, Travion Henderson, six touchdowns, Dallin Hayden, five touchdowns. But look, I mean, they all averaged over five yards a carry, which is just phenomenal stuff. But uh, I expect Travion Henderson to be the workhorse this year. So we will see what happens there. Um, but as long as they're healthy, I think they're going to run the ball a lot, especially early until that offensive line kind of, gels and solidifies but that is my uh prediction i think i think travion henderson and Ma and marvin harrison until they get the quarterback situation have a good shot at making it to new york one of them if not both of them so um that is uh that's my call now ohio state will play its first game on cbs in like 30 years uh this game will be 3 30 uh in bloomington indiana this Saturday, the line, it started out at 27 and a lot of, a lot of action has come in for Ohio state. I was one of those people. So 27 and a half has now jumped up to 30 and a half. So my guess would be to take the over in this. I, whether you don't like the point spread or not, that's, that's, that's a lot of points to lay. I mean, you're talking four touchdowns and a field goal, uh, just to, just to get over that with, the quarterback situation, what it is, and we'll see. But whoever's playing quarterback is going to be good. Um, but my prediction, I'm going with the Buckeyes, 52 to 13 over the Indiana Hoosiers. This is a Big Ten game on the road, but I like. Uh, I think it's going to be, you know, kind of a close game. I'm going to say through the first quarter, and then Ohio State's going to really open it up. So that's my prediction. I think they will run the ball a lot, but I. I think uh, both quarterbacks are going to have success. And 
We're going to go into Youngstown State game next week, and maybe they start Devin Brown and Kyle McCord comes in later, and and they flip-flop it. But I think Ohio State needs to decide on their quarterback, um, I think, by week three um, so they can, you know, get a dress rehearsal for the Notre Dame game in week four. So that is my prediction. I'm going 52-13. Joe, any thoughts on... So when when you get you when you get an an over under at at sixty points as a better does mm-hmm. that not make your heart like really get nervous? Well, okay. So truth be told, I have not bet a whole lot on football because betting just became legal on January first, and you would so, never. No, I never that. bet illegally. I never did. <laughs> I never did. I never bet with a bookie. Uh, I would bet when I would go to Vegas, which is you know taking some years off my life, but. Uh, you know, it is what it is. But I have not bet on a sports gambling app except for a couple playoff games um, that happened after January 1st. And I did okay on those. But, uh, you know, I don't know, like, trends. You know, that's a couple games here and there. So um, so we'll see. So, But do you have a prediction on 30 and a half Ohio State is uh, laying and uh, 59 and a half is the total? I'm going, I'm taking the over for sure. I'm going to two, but that's still like that. That's a, and you're right. Vegas is so good mm-hmm. at making you think through these yeah. things, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Ohio state and the over. And Indiana has like 25 transfers on their roster too. So um, they're going to be trying to figure things out a lot, which could lead to mistakes and easy turnovers. Ohio State's defense should be very, very, very good this year, too. So um, tune in and see. So it's going to be a high scoring game. (laughs) That is where we're at. All right, let's go to the Cleveland Browns. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) All right. So we kind of went through our um, predictions on who we think make uh, who we thought would make the roster. They did an, an, an initial uh, 53-man roster, and then that kind of was tweaked and stuff. Um, I made one mistake in here because I went through and added it up, and it was 54, and I was, like, pressed on time. So there's one mistake in here. I think I'm going to be able to find it when we go through it. But let's go through each position group and just tell me uh, some of your thoughts on this. So let's start with the quarterbacks. There's only two on the roster. Um, Deshaun Watson, who we know will be the starter, and DTR will be the backup traded Josh Dobbs to the Arizona Cardinals who he might be their starting quarterback for the first few weeks. Yeah. Uh, and right now that is, you're allowed to have three quarterbacks on the active roster. Uh, oh, and I did look it up. Remember we were talking about like during game days, um, you know, you have a 53 man roster, but you're actually only allowed to dress 46 on game day. So there's seven players that will be inactive or healthy scratches or whatever. So thoughts on the quarterback room. Yeah, I think DTR, super young, really needs to never play a snap during this uh, this season mm-hmm. and just be an observer and get into the culture. Um, you know, I, I, I see them drafting or uh, signing some kind of veteran to be mm-hmm. in place in case something really does. Come now, they, they do have they do have a, a quarterback on the practice squad that and we'll get to him in a little bit that does have some. Um, NFL experience. So we'll get to him in a little bit, but but I think the Dobbs move was super smart when it comes mm-hmm. to drafting capital. I agree. I agree. And so basically, you know, you got a fifth round pick for Josh Dobbs, which is what you gave up for um, Zadarius Smith, who's going to be 
across from Miles Garrett, a just nasty Beautiful. defensive lineman. So basically you traded Josh Dobbs for Zadarius Smith, and that's a win any day in my book. So yep. um, those are your two quarterbacks. On to the running backs. Now, we said that third running back might not be on the roster, and it wasn't last week. No. So the Browns um, traded from a position of strength, their offensive line, uh, Tyron Wheatley Jr., who was probably going to get cut or be on the practice squad, but they trade him for Pierre Strong, who is a running back that was drafted last year in the fourth round. So he's just a, I think he had 10 carries all last year, 10 carries for 100 yards, a couple touchdowns uh, or one touchdown or something like that. But he is actually from YSU's conference, South Dakota State. uh, He was a running back there. So Nick Chubb, Jerome Ford, Pierre Strong Jr., your thoughts on the running back room? So I want to throw that at you. Like uh, the other running back, can't think of his name right now, wide receiver running back. Demetric Felton. Yeah, Yeah. that one concerned me. I thought he was going to be a really good utility player. Well, and he actually signed with the Cincinnati Bengals practice squad. So he is on their practice squad. I thought he might get kept because he can return a little bit, but he struggled in the return game last year. And that's kind of why they wanted him around. And obviously that awful, awful injury. The very first kickoff, Jakeem Grant, who battled back from his Achilles last year. First time he's in a game after rehabbing for like over a year first play. And then he um, it's the kneecap, which is, I believe the patella, Yeah, you know, and he, it it was bad. It, you know, it was unfortunate. It's sad. And that's the brutal aspect of sports. So, um, but all in all, I think that's a really solid running back room. I think Jerome Ford can return kicks for you. I think they're going to have Donovan people's Jones probably punt returning. And he, Took one to the house last year. Uh, so I like that running back room. I'm, I'm happy that. with that. Yep. Um, and obviously, you got the best running back in all of football with Nick Chubb. So you start there and you go there. Um, I think Nick Chubb's going to put up some big-time numbers this year. Tight end room. The three kind of we thought, David Njoku, Harrison Bryant, uh, Jordan Akins. I think Jordan Akins will supplant uh, Harrison Bryant as the number two tight end. And uh, Harrison Bryant will get in there, you know, some 13 personnel, but also uh, he's a good receiving tight end as well. But David uh, Jordan Akins, excuse me, uh, big time, like, I think he's like six, seven, you know, so he's got that height, the red zone. He's going to be a nice weapon, I think, for Deshaun Watson too, so... Thoughts on that tight end room, man, David Njoku, the tightest end in that room, <laughs> little bro, little bromance. Where are you going, going here? There. Where are we going? <laughs> yeah, you do love David Njoku. I do. He's he, classic shirt off guy in the no uh, doubt. Okay, built like the Adonis that he is. And <laughs> so go to David Njoku. I, I like, I love their tight ends. I just wish they would use them more. Mm-hmm. And I know that. Najoku is getting paid and he's compensated for it, but I, mm-hmm. I just really wish they were more part of the offense than they have. Been. I will say though, because the Browns really haven't had a great quarterback. You know, Baker Mayfield was good during his time, especially in certain aspects. Um, last year we saw some flashes from Watson, but besides that, we really haven't seen good quarterback play in Cleveland. Yep, Bernie maybe. Yeah. Um, but uh, good quarterbacks use the middle of the field. And where are your tight ends in the middle of the field? I think uh, David Njoku is in for a big year. I think Jordan Akins uh, will get you a few touchdowns in the red zone, move the chains on some pivotal first downs. So I really, really like um, 
the tight end room and, and what they're going to do. I with love that. every offense that uses those guys mm-hmm. to free up their wide receivers. And it's a safety time. blanket, honestly, for Absolutely. the quarterback. You know, you look downfield and, you know, a lot of quarterbacks look deep to short. You know, you have your check down guy. And, you know, if you if if you got a good matchup, you take advantage. And it's Ninjoku exactly. is a freak athlete. So, yeah, like let, let those um, wide receivers do their thing and dump it off to those um, those tight ends and and tear up the defense. Another prediction I think I have this year, I think Nick Chubb is going to have a good amount of receptions out of the backfield this year because I think you're going to see Watson in the shotgun a lot. I think you're going to um, see him scramble, make some plays, but he's obviously going to move around and the pocket's going to move around, but you're going to see like some of those tight ends, some of those running backs making some plays for him as well as some of these next step group wide receivers. So wide receiver depth, Six wide receivers on the roster as it stands now. Amari Cooper, DPJ, Elijah Moore, who he has been awesome in training camp. He is getting so much uh, love, and he's one of those do-it-all type, you know, um, oh, what's that thing called? A, a Swiss Army knife, if you will. He can kind of do it all. Cedric Tillman looks amazing, looks like a great draft pick early on. David Bell makes the roster. He's got very sure hands, but he's got to show us something a little bit more and and get out there. And then the thing I'm happiest most about, I think, is Marquise Goodwin is back on the roster. He's been cleared to play. Blood clot issue seems to be gone. He is your speedy down the field receiver that he was a former U.S. Olympian, uh, I think in 2012. But this guy is a burner and he will get the job done and help stretch the field, which will open up those tight ends, those running backs, those underneath routes for the Cleveland Browns. So uh, really, really looking forward to this wide receiver squad. Now, there's a couple names on there you don't see. We'll Where'd get they go. We're going to get to those Where'd guys. Go? We're going to get to those guys in a little bit here. <laughs> Let's go to the offensive lined up. Not the sexiest position, but, uh, you know, this is one of the best units uh, the Browns have. So Jed Wills, Joel Batonio will be your on your left side, the left tackle and left guard, respectively. You got Ethan Posick as your starting center. He came over from Seattle. And actually, Nick Harris, who is a backup center slash guard now, was supposed to be that starter last year. And Ethan Posick, after Harris got injured, took that job. Wyatt Teller, uh, one of the best run-blocking guards in all of football. And then Jack Conklin, who, if he can stay healthy, he's great. But, if, you know, if he doesn't stay healthy, you do have some uh, talent behind him. So the reserves, you got Luke Whipler, James Hudson, Dewan Jones, who we know has been amazing in the preseason, and Nick Harris, as I mentioned. So a unit of nine offensive linemen there. So thoughts on the offensive line. If you're Catholic, pray for Jack Conklin. That's all <laughs> yeah. I got to say. The, the, what I will say, if Jack Conklin somehow does not stay healthy, I think you have your your future replacement for him in Dewan Jones. So that was a smart um, play. it was a really great draft pick who has panned out. And you have the best offensive line coach, Bill Callahan, in all of football, college, professional, whatever. So I really, really like what the Browns did there. What do you think, think about that left tackle position long term? Yeah, Jed will. So they did pick up his option for next year. So he is a Cleveland Brown this year and next year unless he gets traded. Um, so I think... You know, they you always see those clips on Twitter or Facebook or whatever, and he doesn't seem to have like always that 100% go motor running all the time. But is 
he is as talented as it gets. So if he can just do his job well enough, uh, I think the Browns are going to be very successful. So that's what I'm going to say. I mean, we're used to Joe Thomas and you you have a lot to live up to. Right, right. But the good thing is maybe your left tackle isn't as good as Joe Thomas, but every other position (laughs) is way better than when Joe (laughs) Thomas was playing. So, uh, all right. So that's the offensive side of the ball. Let's go to the defensive side of the ball. One of the other strengths of the um, this team, the defensive end. So Miles Garrett, Zadarius Smith, who can also play inside, uh, Oboe. Well, that's what we're calling him. Try it. Isaiah, it. <laughs> Isaiah McGuire, the rookie out of Missouri, and then Alex Wright. I believe is gonna. I don't know if he's gonna end up uh, on the you know missing the first four games or not, but uh, we will see. He was banged up, but by all accounts, he seems to be good to go. And uh, so. Defensive ends are very strong. See, I all four of those top ones totally secure in mm-hmm. the clowny side of that line is what really concerns me and and finding the right guy yeah. for the long term. Well, we clowny was a freaking clown last year. I mean, he was bad. <laughs> he was bad. You're and right. He actually, do you know he signed with the Baltimore Ravens? So we're gonna get to see him like what week three. That'll be that'll be a lot of fun too. Uh, or week four, we'll we'll get to go out and hopefully just uh, you know our offensive line can go out and manhandle him. So right. we'll see about that. Um, but otherwise, perfect. I yeah, love it. I mean, it's a really great group, and um, I know they were playing against most of the Chiefs' number twos on Saturday, but they got after them, and sure. those quarterbacks had no time. And I know the Chiefs ended up winning the game um, because you know. Of turnover, yeah, Kane York and other things, which we'll get to him in a minute. But uh, they were up twenty-two to three in the first quarter. You know, yeah, so sure. it just shows you the your the first team is stellar. Yes, yes, and as long as they can stay healthy, we're good. Now the Browns have added a lot of uh, LBSs this season, a lot of a lot of beef to that line. So Dalvin Tomlinson comes in; he is great. He's going to get after it. Siaki Ika, your first round, or um, well, your first pick this year, third rounder out of Baylor. Jordan Elliott does make the team. Shelby Harris, the veteran. I love Shelby Harris. The way he talks, the way he gets after it. He's a veteran that will um, teach these guys, but also he is just a good dude to have in your locker room. And Maurice Hurst does make the the uh, fifty three man roster. Uh, former team up north player but by all accounts uh really good uh stuff in the middle there for the browns so that is the defensive tackle room uh pretty solid unit there any thoughts on the defensive tackle yeah no objections your honor that is stacked i like it i like it all right let's go to the next group the linebackers this is the group you were intrigued by now you will not see uh jordan kanashik on this list because he was waived because he was injured. He will be back and on the Browns 53 man once he is healthy. But to start, you got JOK, you got Tony Fields, you got Sione Taki Taki, Anthony Walker. Diabate makes the team, love it. An undrafted free agent, started his career at Florida, went to Utah, looks like a great leader. And then Matthew Adams makes the team as a linebacker, but that is mostly for his special teams play. So, um, that's where I made my mistake. Look, I added us. I have seven and it's actually six. So we are at the 53. So that's where I made my mistake because I had 54 initially. But uh, what do you think about the linebacker? I, you unit? know, I, I, I'm still suspicious of this. And I think that's the biggest weakness mm-hmm. in it. 
um, you know, we, we were, we, we had tons of injuries in the linebacker core. Yeah. I don't know that if we, if we hit that in the beginning, mm-hmm. I don't know that we are any different than last year. So now, I'd like to see some added depth there. Now, what I will say, the big thing I'm excited for this year with the linebackers, the defensive line has really been bolstered. So if they can, you know, take some, you know, those offensive guards and tackles aren't getting to the second, second tier. So if those guys can come up those linebackers and not be blocked and have a free shot at the running back or wide receiver, whoever it is, um, or quarterback, you know, that that's a lot different than a 300 pound guy barreling down on you, trying to block you while you're trying to make the tackle. So I think this will free up the linebackers to go out and make plays this year. So I think you're going to see a lot more plays made by the linebackers. Totally optimistic about this group, but I'm still a little suspicious. Okay. All right. And that's fair. That's fair. All right. Let's go to the the cornerback room, the cornerback room. So Denzel Ward, who went into, unfortunately, concussion protocol um, after the chiefs game, but I believe he's trending towards playing uh, and you're going to need him. Denzel Ward is not, the best cornerback in the league. However, he might be the best cornerback, uh, shadow cornerback. What I mean by that is go out and you just take Jamar Chase away. You go take whatever wide receiver might be on the outside away, and uh, he will do a great job in coverage. Greg Newsom uh, is going to be great this year. I think he switched, and he's wearing the number zero this year by, by what I heard. Um, Martin Emerson makes the team. Mike Ford makes the team. Cameron Mitchell makes the team, their draft pick out of Northwestern. Mike Ford also makes the team there. And then Khalif Halasi, they actually picked up on waivers from the Kansas City Chiefs, who they just played. And uh, the Browns ended up releasing A.J. Green, who has been on the team for the last few years. And fun fact about A.J. Green, who is no longer on the team anymore, last person to intercept Ben Roethlisberger. Hmm. So Very cool. He will always go down in Browns lore for that. Um <laughs> Any thoughts on the cornerback room? I'm I'm really confident with our corners. I really yes. am. I I, th- I watched our coverages be very soft mm-hmm. in preseason, and I hope that was play calling more than yeah. the coverages that we're actually going to see in regular season. What I heard a lot from the corners where it was cross training, which means some of them are playing in the slot, some are playing on the outside, and I think all three of those top guys, uh, Ward, Emerson. And uh, Newsom can all do those things very, very well. So um, I think you know the only thing with playing in the slot is you got to help out a lot in the run game, and that's my only concern with Denzel Ward playing inside. I'd rather him yes. play outside and not have to get banged up like trying to tackle like you know a whatever running back it might be uh, and and get hurt. Whereas you're taking his best skill away, which is defending the pass. So I want to see closer, tighter coverages. These 10 yard buffers are I'm glad. I'm glad you said that because I think the Browns are going to play a lot of man coverage for two reasons. One, Jim Schwartz and two, uh, the defensive line is going to get after that quarterback and make them into uh, force some bad throws. You put pressures on there and Mm -hmm. that works out. And Joe Burrow by all accounts, will play in week one. He's, I think, just went back to practice either yesterday or today. But he's not getting much practice time, you know. And um, he has not started out the season, like, hot. You know what I mean? He's kind of built up and been successful later in the year. So I like the Browns' chances against – he's obviously top 
three quarterback in the league, but I like the Browns chances uh, getting after him a little bit too and forcing him into some pressures. And then finally the safeties. So we had five safeties make the team, Grant Delpit, Rodney McLeod, Juan Thornhill, who had a pick six against his uh, former team, the Chiefs the other day, DeAnthony Bell, who made it last year, great special team and teamer, an undrafted free agent out of Ohio State, Ronnie Hickman makes the team this year. Very excited for him. Uh, had three interceptions in the preseason. So I think the Browns uh, secondary is a very, I think the Browns defense is going to be really good this yeah. year. So uh, lots of things. Anything with the safeties? No, DBs and, and that whole, uh, you know, backfield is just awesome. Agreed. Agreed. And now to everybody's favorite part, <laughs> the specialists. So this is out, Dan. If you had to pick Ray Finkel or Cade York, who would you have picked? Oh, Ray Finkel. I'll yeah. Go Finkel I mean, all day. Finkel or Einhorn, Einhorn or Finkel. So uh, Cade York is cut by the Browns. They bring in Dustin Hopkins, who now a lot of people are like, well, he lost the battle with, uh, um, you know, with the L.A. Chargers. But it's like the kicker they brought was actually um, a, a second year player as well. So he's a younger guy. Um, but look at these numbers from Dustin Hopkins. So. From 20 to 29 yards, 50, <laughs> 53 of 54. So basically automatic from, you know, under 30 yards. 30 to 39 yards, 57 of 61, 93.5%. 40 to 49 yards, 63 of 67, or 77, 82%, and 50 yards plus, you know, 15 to 30. I'll, honestly, I'd take 50%. So total career numbers, 190 out of 224, which is 85%. I'll take 85%. We were hoping for Cade York to be 83% this year. So uh, I will take that. And then up in the top upper right right box, uh, Cade York got his first Yelp review. Half a star would not recommend. So <laughs> tough break. But he, Cade York did not clear waivers. He got picked up by Tennessee, um, who the Browns do play week three, but he is currently on their practice squad. So we'll see. All I don't of think us were all of us were hopeful. That you got a guy that could drill from 70 yards mm -hmm. also could be consistent. And that was yep. really his big selling point. And yeah, go ahead. But Sorry. it doesn't happen often enough that you get put in those situations mm -hmm. where a 60 yarder is necessary. You need the chip shots and the 40 yarders to be automatic. I would take automatic any day. Give me those points. Give me like now. Do you feel confident about kicking field goals again? I do. Yeah. Now you haven't even seen this guy no. kick, but he has had a nice career with Washington, with LA. I think he was with one other team. 83% but, makes me feel so good. Yeah. I will take that. And he's 85%. So take it. You know, we will take that. And inside, to me, it's inside 40 yards. If you're inside 40 yards, if you can do that, I'm good with it. You know, like just give me those, like you said, those layups. Yep. We'll take the layups. We'll take what's there. And I, I, I still think eventually Cade goes somewhere else mm -hmm. and gets his head figured out. And I, he's going to be an amazing asset. I, I, I think you're right. I think Cade York and I wanted the Browns to draft Cade York last year. I was on record with that. Um, but he is a talented athlete with a good career in front of him. But I think a change of scenery is best for him. And he's in Nashville now. We'll see if he can figure that out and, you know go down to some of the country bars and then go make some kicks. So, so is it, is it a little insulting that I uh, offered the practice squad and he was like, Nope, I'm out guys. No, I don't think so. Because I mean, he, I, 
I think it was the whole change of scenery yeah. thing because you could see he was kind of getting a short fuse and some of his like post-game interviews, like getting asked the same questions over and over again. It was probably time for him to move on yeah. and, and just see what happens. So um, good luck to Kate York unless he's playing against the Browns. So that's what I'll say going forward. And let's take a look at the practice squad. This is the, you're allowed a 15 man practice squad. So I'm not going to go over every name on this list, but let's go over some names that were most of these guys, 12 of the 15 were with the Browns at some capacity, but Jalen Darden is a really nice wide receiver. That's got speed that you could bring up and be a return guy. If needed, there's your guy, Austin Watkins jr. Who had a great preseason. I'm telling you, he's going to be on the real team before week four. I think, I think you're right. I think he, I've, well, I'm going to say he's going to be on the team at some point this year. Yep. And hopefully for the Browns, everyone stays healthy. But I think he's going to do enough to uh, earn a spot. He's good enough to be on the 53. <laughs> exactly. Alex Leatherwood is a for former, like two or three years ago, first round draft pick. Um, so he signs with the Browns practice squad. So the, <laughs> the Browns offensive lined up is ridiculous. Um, so he's a guy that you could probably bring up and play in a you know a pinch if needed again jack conklin goes out and, yep. and you got a lot of expensive um offensive line contracts so looking to build for the future is also something i think this regime is looking for he's a former like five-star recruit went to alabama did a great job in college just didn't pan out quite in his first one or two years in the pros so we'll see um isaiah thomas right there on the practice squad michael dunn really good Mitchell Payton, good tight end. Um, and a lot of these guys. Now the quarterback, the third string quarterback would be PJ Walker. Uh, they pick him up. He has some NFL starts under his belt. Um, and you know, and there's a, there's a few more guys on that practice squad that, uh, could make a difference. So, uh, we'll see, but you know, some names you won't see on there. <laughs> Anthony Schwartz. Where'd he go? Where'd I don't, he I don't know if the team picked him up yet, so he might be, you know, his speed is so good that he might might get picked up. He might not. I don't know. But um, Tommy Togiai ended up signing with the Jacksonville Jaguars. But um, I really like this Browns roster. I really, yeah. really like it. Now, it's all coming down to Deshaun Watson and what his performance is. Can he be the guy that he used to be um, from the quarterback position? We hope so. And if he is... There's some good things of all happen. of the cuts who was the most not disappointing yeah. but a little bit let down <laughs> well honestly i have to go with cade york because like cade york i i really had high hopes for the guy and but again we're it, you have to be consistent and the browns are too good of a team to be messing around with yeah. extra points and you know 35 yard kicks that you know 35 yard kick for the average person to go out and make. It's not easy to do, but for, you know, all these guys that come out of college and into the pros, it's like, that's, that should be a chip shot. That should be an automatic, you know, 95% make right? So, so if everybody cut, who's your sayonara bitches. You're so glad you know who gone. it is. Mr. A. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm sorry, Mr. Schwartz. I, I hope you catch on somewhere and do, <laughs> No pun intended. <laughs> Hopefully you can actually catch the ball and stay healthy. But, uh, but I, I just, I don't know. He, I don't, I don't see him making it anywhere because he's got the speed, but he, the skills are not there. So how about you? Any, any thoughts from the cut list? So or? glad that Mr. Schwartz is gone. Yeah. 
Um, I think they held on to him way too long yeah. with way too many roster spots taken up by that dude over the years. Um, but you know, I'll, I'll say between Dobbs and York, I'm, I'm, I'm a little disappointed that we couldn't figure out a way to make them work. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. So that's, you know, that's the gist of it, but you know, it is what it is. So, um, one final thing I want to get into, I'm going to just go over and Joe, you're going to laugh at me. Okay. But I'm going to share some of my bets for the 2023 season before the college football season kicks off. We do not so, condone gambling here on this show. Thank we you. don't condone it, but you know, it's like, hey, do it. hey, I will say I condone gambling if you can, um, if you're gambling with um, money, money that you have to lose. Don't bet and expect to make money. Don't think you're like this uh, sharp better don't think uh don't think a lot of things just go out and do it for entertainment purposes only there you go Good. so yeah so that's my psa to everybody do it for fun enjoy it but i went with you know a couple homer bets here ohio state national champions big 10 winner ohio state over uh 10 and a half wins um i did go with michigan over 10 and a half wins florida atlantic i went with the under seven and a half wins troy under eight and a half Kent state over two and a half Wisconsin over eight and a half Pitt, I went with their over. It was minus 160, but whatever Akron over oh, even money. Steps. Yeah. Nice. Well, three and a half wins. We'll see. And then, you know, with that Kent state or Akron's going to win again, you know, they play each other. So we'll see. I went with USC or UCLA or the, uh, versus the field to win the pack 12 that paid uh plus plus one twenty. So we'll see there. And then I put on here, life's too short to bet the, under so i went with all overs on these teams <laughs> north carolina utah oregon state oregon washington a lot of uh, pac-12 schools in there tcu oklahoma T tennessee texas a&m and florida state those are my teams i went with the uh the over on uh you'll for... do 60 percent. you're good if i do 60 percent, i'm extremely happy <laughs> with that so 65 percent would even be a lot Boom. better so uh don't uh hold me to that but uh or don't Put your mortgage on my uh, advice, but that's what I'm going with. But again, Joe and I both pick YSU to cover the spread tonight and both go over, I believe. Yeah. And uh, with Ohio State, did you give me an Ohio State prediction for this weekend? I went 52-13. We're talking Indiana, Ohio State? Uh, yeah. Ohio State, for sure. Okay. So you got Ohio, but like covering the spread? Yeah. Cover. 30 and a half? Yeah. Okay. Still doing right. it anyway. All right. So Joe and I are both going with the Buckeyes to cover the uh, 30 and a half point spread and I'm taking the over as well. So uh, for Joe, I'm Justin. This has been a Youngstown Studios production. We hope you have a great weekend. Go Penguins. Go Buckeyes. Everybody enjoy your weekend and have a great, uh, great night. Thank you for listening to this show on Youngstown Studio. If you like our programming, we invite you to subscribe to our YouTube channel, follow our Facebook page, or subscribe to your favorite podcast platform like iTunes or Spotify. This is original Youngstown content, and we would appreciate you 